and welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. My name is Jared. Thank you for spending some time with us here today. Um, so this is the this is the first one, um, and for those of you listening in that have maybe been uh, spending some time reading the articles we've been putting out here or following us on social media, um, this is an exciting moment for me. Um, I am a podcast junkie, <laughs> to say the least. I feel like I'm always listening to something, um, and so to have our very own podcast um, for all of our podcast lovers out there um, is a big step for us. So um, really what this podcast is going to be is kind of a, a summation of some of the written um, the written content that we're putting out there. So um, essentially what Millennial Economics is, it's a uh, company um, that's putting out content to really help young people specifically, um, hence the millennial um, in the title, um, help them be successful. Um, and, uh, you know, really that ranges from um, everyday budgets, good money habits, a um, little bit of investing talk, a little bit of stock market talk, um, and really just anything that I'm kind of thinking about and plotting out that week um, about what I think maybe millennials and young people are undereducated on um, in terms of money and how to be successful with it. You know, I um, am probably like most of you where in high school, in middle school, uh, maybe even in college, I didn't specifically go to college, but, um, you know, maybe you guys were, were undereducated on good money habits. You know, it's crazy that we can graduate high school and have the whole world in front of us and also have, you know, some of the massive um, financial decisions in front of us like student loan, student loans or, and student loan debt, um, you know, buying vehicles, um, renting apartments, uh, you know, we begin to make a little bit of money, you know, maybe you're making your first thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year and you feel like you're on top of the world and you see cars and TVs and, um, you know, nights out and drinks and all of these things. So, you know, millennials have a ton of ton of responsibility and now we're starting to have a, a ton of buying power. You know, I think that the um, millennial age goes up to the mid thirties, you know, and these are the people that are, you know, it, being employed by large corporations. They're running these corporations from the ground up and they're having kids and they're buying homes and they're buying vehicles. That's, that's, I'm a millennial. That's us. We are making the financial decisions in the economy, a good chunk of them at least. And so I feel like it's important uh, to, educate on some of the things that I've, I've read up on, that I've experienced myself, talk about some shortcomings that I've had, some learning opportunities, and some successes that I've had, so you guys can do the very same. Uh, money doesn't have to be complicated, uh, but if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're educated, you can make it very easy. Um, and if you, if you know the right path, um, it's a whole lot, heck of a lot easier to make the right decisions. And a lot of things go into that, again, the education piece, but also the discipline piece. So I'm kind of rambling on and on here, but that's essentially what we're going to talk about on these episodes of the podcast. So I uh, just wanted to really start off by saying um, our website, which is www.millennialecon.com, is the hub of what we do. Uh, so it has our articles that are going to be uh, posted there. Um, it's going to have links to all of our social media platforms. I'm big on medium.com, Instagram, and Facebook. It's also going to have the uh, place where you can subscribe to our newsletter. And the newsletter is really going to be a summary of that week's content. So it'll have links to the podcast. It will have links to articles, um, links to services that I recommend, what have you. And it's going to explain everything that I've talked about that week. So if you don't do anything... 
other than if you don't do anything, go to, if you're going to do one thing, I guess would be the right way to say that. Go to the website, www.millennialecon.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's at the very bottom of the homepage. Uh, it's just all you need is your email. Um, I'll get you uh, added to the newsletter contacts list, and you'll start getting weekly um, weekly emails from us. So just a few things that I wanted to cover really on our first podcast, the first being inflation and how it affects your money. So I think a lot of people... Uh, don't have a full picture of how money really works. They know that you should probably be saving more than you are. They know that you should probably be investing in most cases. They may not know how to invest or what that means or that maybe investing is not necessarily for them, um, but they know that they should be investing. They know that rich people invest. Um, I can always, I always think back to playing Monopoly, which was one of my favorite games as a kid, and uh, getting the little card that you could draw that said, you know, bank dividends or uh, div- I forget exactly what it says, but something about dividends payout. And I never knew what that meant. I was always excited to get the card. I think it was like you got $25 or something like that. But um, now that I've really started to immerse myself in the finance financial world, um, I, I'm learning what that, that stuff means and I'm learning how the, the rich think about money. So one of the ways that wealthy people think about money is the value their money is going to have in 10, 20, 30 years. Um, a lot of people don't realize that inflation is a real, real thing. Um, basically what inflation is, it's your money becomes less powerful um, the older, or the, excuse me, the further on that time goes. Um, so, you know, to give a great example, if you had a dollar back in the, I don't know, the 40s, um, you might be able to buy, you might be able to go to the grocery store and buy milk and eggs and bread with that dollar. Um, but if you were just to save that dollar from 1940 in a, in a savings account that got no interest whatsoever, and you withdrew your hard-earned money that you've been saving for, you know, 60, 70, 80 years and tried to use it now, you wouldn't be able to get <laughs> two slices of bread right? Um, and so as time goes on, our, our dollars become less valuable. Or another way to think about it is when you're young, your dollars are more powerful than they will be by the time that you retire. Um, and so with this in mind, um, we shouldn't just think about financial freedom or our financial goals shouldn't be centered around just saving money. Because before we know it, our hard-earned dollars that we save from our 20s to our 60s, we're going to start using them in our 60s, and um, they're not going to be worth nearly as much. So what we need to do is we we need to make sure that our dollars are working for us all along the way in the form of gaining interest um, through investments. Um, And there's a few different ways that we can can look at this or a few different ways to do that. Um, And let me back up a little bit. So I was doing a a little bit of research, and um, per or according to inflationdata.com, the average annual inflation rate is 3.22%. And that's historical through 1913 to 2013. Um, So it's significant, you know, and if you think about average returns that we see with various investments, whether it be the stock market or a high interest, um, high yield savings account, um, you know, to outpace inflation, we need to be making some serious gains in our money. So we need to make sure we're we're handling our money in a smart way. Um, So a few ways that you can beat inflation or at least hedge against inflation, a few ways that are going to pay you a little bit more interest than just your typical average, um, your typical average savings account, which by the way, an average, average saving account today um, only earns 0.01% 
um, annually in interest. So by simply investing and, and socking away money for a rainy day, um, you're not, it's good, yes, it's better than just going out and blowing your money, but you're not gaining traction, you're not outpacing inflation. So your dollars are going to be worth less, you know, when you're 40 than when you're 20 here. So um, one good avenue is, and this is the most conservative avenue, is a high yield savings account. So high yield savings accounts are very, um, very common, lots of companies have them, um, and it Today, and this could change because they're, they're, the interest that they're paying out is going down pretty dramatically year to year, month to month in some cases. But um, today as we stand, I believe Ally Financial offers a high-yield savings account that pays out about 0.80%. Um, so far outpacing our average savings account that we would get at our you know, savings uh, at our bank down the street. Um, still not outpacing inflation, but... Um, it can be a great way for you to kind of dip your toe into gaining some interest um, on your your money invested. It's very secure. Um, they, uh, it's fairly insured. Um, it's all online. It's very easy to do. So if you're looking for a very conservative way to start saving money without the risk of maybe some different investment avenues, a high yield savings account is a is a really good option. Um, the second option here, and I'm not going to go too far on this podcast into this topic. Um, but it's it's stocks mainly in the form of ETFs and index funds. Again, we'll go into what ETFs and index funds actually are. Feel free to do your own research. Um, I've actually already posted some different content on the website explaining what some of these things are. Um, but this can be a great way that doesn't have a ton of risk to get introduced to the stock market. Um, and I believe year over year, um, since the S&P 500's inception, um, and for those of you that don't know, the S&P 500 is, are the 500 largest American companies. Um, so that index, the S&P 500, has gained an average of, I want to say it's about 7.5%. Um, that's not the exact right number, but it's about 7.5% annually since its inception. Okay, and that's years and years and years and years and years of data um, showing us that. So when you're able to invest in these larger funds, these different indexes that have a little bit less risk, a whole lot actually um, let less risk than investing in individual stocks, um, you're able to take advantage of this in, this interest. Um, that's going to help you outpace inflation. That's a great place to keep your money. Um, and it, it's going to help you take advantage of a little thing called compound interest. And again, not going to get too much into compound interest here. It's not a too complex of a topic, but again, it, it'll get us off in the weeds. But um, just know that there there is an option to invest in the stock market that doesn't have a ton of risk, that gives you a ton of diversification in the form of ETFs and index funds that historically have outpaced inflation um, incredibly well. So that's two, um, two great, great avenues. Another avenue that I like to talk about that, that many people don't is putting your money in real estate, which we've all heard of real estate investing, but not necessarily in the form of an investment property, but simply owning real estate. Um, the, some of the largest financial gains I've ever made um, in, my, <laughs> in my young years is through my primary residential property, um, just this, the simple paying down of principal and the increase in value of my property. Um, where I live, the market, yes, has been <laughs> freaking amazing. Um, it's hard to lose money in real estate um, in the market that we've seen in the past couple years, but it just goes to show you that you know you can look a bit abstractly at the ways that you're building um, wealth and outpacing inflation. So 
my primary home, it, it fulfills a couple different things in my life and my family's life. It's the place where we live, obviously, right? So it's, it's our housing, um, but it's also a great investment vehicle. We chose to live in the neighborhood we did because it tends to retain its value very well. Um, it, the property values have gone up uh, massively. Um, historically, this part of town has been very good for the increase of price of real estate. Um, so it's, it's checking those boxes for me. You know, and I think that owning a property, especially when you're younger, you know, in your 20s, as long as it makes financial sense to you, as long as you're not overextending yourself, as long as you're putting down a decent down payment um, and not trapping yourself, you're still giving yourself that freedom with that that down payment um, to sell maybe earlier than you think because you are young um, is a great, great vehicle to outpace inflation with with the money that you would already be spending anyways on housing. So um, I just want to talk a little bit about that. So inflation and how it affects your money. Um, Inflation is real. It's something that the wealthy think about. It's something that you should be thinking about as well. And the things that we mentioned here are some ways that you can outpace inflation. Um, Want to take a quick break. Um, This podcast is sponsored by a service called Acorns. Um, Acorns is a a financial service um, that I've been using for, I think, over six years now, um, where Essentially, you can tie your bank account and some of your debit cards to it to where it will round up each transaction to the nearest dollar and invest that change into an account um, that you can actually select kind of what you want those investments to be allocated in. But it is in the market and some other avenues. Um, The main feature that I actually use in the service, though, is the recurring um, investment that you can just set up automatically, whether it's biweekly, every week, once a month. Um, It is an incredibly easy way to start. In fact, from what I've seen and what I've ex- I've experienced, there might be better ones out there. It's the best way for beginner investors to start investing, to get a taste of um, your money growing for you in the markets, to get a taste of dividend payouts on a quarterly basis. Um, it is phenomenal. And one thing that I like to say is little things um, over a long period of time become big things. And it's something that especially young people don't have, don't do a great job of realizing, you know, saving $25 a month um, is, is not difficult. Let's be honest. But when you look back in five years, you go, man, I actually have some money here. And you're able to see that your money's grown seven, eight, nine, 10%. You're able to see that you got dividend payouts. Um, it gets you a taste of what the market is like. And it gets you really amped up to start doing some serious investing um, for your future. So, um, Acorns right now is running a promo to where if you click the link in the show notes, um, you'll get $5 automatically added to your account when you open it. Um, I also get a small kickback as well. Um, So if you decide to move forward with Acorns um, using the link below, I would greatly appreciate it. You would be supporting um, the Millennial Economics Podcast. And again, it's it's always very much appreciated. Um, So the second and really last thing um, that I wanted to talk about in this podcast Um, are five common mistakes millennials make with their money. Um, And a lot of these are probably going to be common sense. A lot of these I have made, (laughs) to be completely honest with you. A lot of them I probably will make. A lot of them I struggle with um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, As you'll learn, good financial habits and good financial decisions are not easy. Um, It's something that you're probably going to wrestle with Um, maybe every week, maybe every paycheck that you get, maybe every tax return that you get. Um, 
it's it's not hard. I mean, excuse me, it's not easy to maneuver kind of the landmines that society has out there for us when it comes to our money. Um, everybody's looking to take our money. Everybody wants us to subscribe to a service, wants us to buy their product, and wants us to look a certain way, wants us to have these certain experiences. Um, it is just every single place that we look. And as a millennial, when you start making some money and you have some disposable income, it's very easy to fall into the trap of wanting to experience all these things, buy all of these things. Um, it's very easy and something that I struggle with as well. Um, so we'll get right into it. Um, the number one uh, most common mistake I see millennials make with their money are financing expensive vehicles. Um, so I looked and it, it, I think according to Experian in 2020, the average car payment in America is $554. Um, and so if you think about it this way, $554 invested into an account that receives an annual return of 7%, which is very attainable considering what we discussed earlier on in the podcast. That amount of money in 30 years would be worth $627,975.31. Let me say that again, $627, $627,975. If that average car payment in America per month was invested into an account that was receiving a 7% annual return, that is absolutely insane. That is insane. Um, and a lot of millennials, a lot of young people are going out and buying these vehicles. They're buying a thirty dollars or $40,000 car. They're financing it for... 84 months or longer, uh, and and let me just back up here because I'm a car guy. Okay, I've I've made dumb car purchases before. Um, I've bought cars that I had no business buying when I wasn't making very much money. Um, and quite frankly, now that I've I'm a little bit older and I'm making a little bit more money, the temptation to go out and buy a really nice car is something that I I wrestle with all the time. I really really like vehicles. Um, and I don't even like it from a status point. I just, I like driving cool stuff. Um, and so this is something to definitely stay away from. Um, purchasing a vehicle in cash early um, will propel you to being able to purchase vehicles um, that are fun or maybe luxurious or fast uh, the right way later down the road. If you start off financing vehicles, um, it's very hard to get out of that cycle. Um, so if I had any recommendation for you, it's don't finance that vehicle. Definitely don't finance a vehicle that's going to cost you 500 to $600 a month because as you can see, investing that money, doing it the right way is going to propel you in 30 years. And if you're 20 when you're 50 years old, investing the average car payment is going to get you over halfway to being a millionaire. So um, number two is student loans. Um, so it... I have mixed feelings about, about student loans. Um, I don't think that college or going to university is a bad idea. You just have to do it the right way. Um, if you're going to have student loans, make them incredibly minimal. Work while you're going to school. Um, pay them off the, as fast as you can. And make sure that you're going to college for a career that's going to have a good ROI. You're spending four years of your life and a whole heck of a lot of money, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get this degree. Make sure it's a degree that you're not just passionate about. might be an uncommon opinion. Make sure it's not a degree that you're just passionate about, that, but that's going to have ROI on the back end in the form of a great salary. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear that, but somebody was driving their very fast, expensive car down my street, and you could probably hear that. Um, and I, I think if we can just talk about this for a second, um, careers have become something that I don't think they, they should be. I don't think that you should do something that you hate. You should give yourself a trajectory early on in life when you don't have to be making a ton of money to support yourself and a family and kids um, to a career that you will enjoy. However, oftentimes careers that do pay a lot of money, and I'm not saying all careers, but some careers that do pay a lot of money can give you the freedom to pursue things that you do enjoy, right? So these sorts of careers that are high paying can become your passion because they give you the freedom in your life to pursue your passions, I think that's something that, that not a lot of people think about. So to give you a, for instance, I have a history in sales and sales management. Never did I think growing up that I wanted to be in sales or be a sales manager, but it has been an incredibly rewarding career because it's giving me the, it's given me the opportunity and given my family the opportunity to pursue the things that we're passionate about and that we care about through the income that I've been able to make. Okay, um, so when you're thinking about the university that you want to go to, don't make a, a purely emotional decision. Don't go to that private school when you could go to that maybe public school. Um, if you don't have the money to pay for it, um, consider community college. It may not be prestigious or what all your friends are doing, but I promise you this. When you graduate and you don't have any financial debt and you're able to start making the financial decisions that you want to make, maybe you do get to buy that vehicle. Maybe you get to purchase your house. Um, at 25 years old when other people will be paying off student loan debt until they're 50, which don't even allow them to buy a house, um, you will be thankful that you made this quote-unquote sacrifice of going to that more affordable school. And you don't have to go to school. I have zero college credits. I didn't even get any college credits from AP classes in high school. I have zero. Um, so if, if you if college isn't for you, if it's not something that you want to spend your time or money on, um, you can still find a great career that pays you very well and that can sustain you um, through your years. So number two, student loans. Number three, not investing early in life. Um, so I'm going to actually just kind of read almost verbatim here from the notes that I have. Um, but this, this is a really, really big deal. This is a really, really big deal because as we talked about um, regarding inflation, um, your dollars when you're young are worth so much more than the dollars that you'll earn when you're older because of the potential for, for interest and compound interest. So investing in your early years is so important because of our good pal compound interest. Um, according to Investor.gov, compound interest is the interest you earn on interest. This can be illustrated by using basic math. If you have $100 and it earns 5% each year, you'll have $105 at the end of the first year. At the end of the second year, you'll have $110.25. As an example, a 20-year-old who invests $5,000 a year, $416 a month, until he or she is 60 with a 7% annual uh, return will have $1,067,047. If you wait to invest until you're 35 and invest $7,000 a year, $583 a month, which is $102 more than our 20-year-old example. If you invest that month in, that much until you're 60, you'll only have $338,382. 
That's the magic of compound interest. The 20-year-old in our example had to invest much less every year and ended up with almost three times as much money as our 35-year-old. Your money is worth more when you're young. Never forget that. Y'all, compound interest is your best friend and you get to take the most advantage of compound interest when you're young. So if you're 18 years old listening to this right now, start investing. If you're 21, 20, none of your friends might be doing it. But I promise you, if you get in this habit of investing, um, like I talked about with Acorns, like I started doing about six years ago, um, it doesn't even have to be a lot of money. It could be $50 a month that gets you started. Heck, $25 a month. But if you're really able to make a habit out of investing, take it out of your budget. It's a line item. It's coming out every month. It's not an option. You'll look back when you're 30, 40, 50 years old and be so happy you have done it. And chances are you'll probably be a millionaire by that time too. Um, So make it a habit. Um, Let's see here. Number four, high interest debt. Not going to spend a lot of time here. Um, Credit cards uh, will kill your trajectory for financial freedom and wealth. Um, The average interest rate on a credit card um, in 2020 here today is 17.89%. So instead of earning interest on your money, you're paying interest on your money to other people that are getting wealthy off of your dumb purchasing habits. If you have a credit card, which that's a a discussion for another time. I'm not anti-credit card. I'm credit card with caution. (laughs) I just made that up. Credit card with caution. That'd be a good t-shirt. Um, If you have credit cards, use them wisely. Never carry a balance at the end of the month because you're automatically losing a ton of your hard-earned cash. Stay away from high-interest debt. Stay away from high-interest debt. Say it one more time. Stay away from high-interest debt. And by the way, I don't say this perched on top of some throne somewhere. Um, I've been trapped in the credit card cycle where you can barely make the minimum payments um, that cover the interest and you never see your principal balance going down and you're like, I'm throwing all this freaking money every year at this credit card and I'm not seeing any progress. I've been there. It sucks. And it sucks even more now that I'm educated enough to know that if I were to invest all of that interest into my accounts, that would be making me interest now how much further ahead I would be. Um, So take it from me. It's not a cycle that you want to get into. Um, The last one that I, number five, which is the last one, is lifestyle creep. So we talked a little bit about this before. Um, With more money comes more opportunity, often comes more desire, right? As humans, we have a hard time just fully being content with where we're at. And oh, by the way, it's not bad to spend your money um, that you earn. It just needs to be done in a smart way. And it needs to be done in a way that's not maxing you out every next level of um, income that you start making down the road. So, you know, when you're making $40,000 a year, you know, make sure there's margin in your life. When you get that raise and you, maybe you start making $65,000 a year, don't go out and buy the massive house and the brand new car and fill it up with expensive furniture and then max yourself out again to where you don't have much margin even though you're making $25,000 a year more than when you were making $45,000 a year. Um, someone earning $200,000 a year can be just as broke as someone earning $40,000 a year if they're living paycheck to paycheck. They both have zero margin. They both have zero margin. So some of the people that you might see on the right side of town driving a Tesla, living in a big home, might be just as broke or more broke. Their net worth might be even even less than the person living in a modest neighborhood making forty five dollars to $50,000 a year. 
And to t- take it a step further, if that forty-five dollars to $50,000 a year earner has a ton of margin in their life and they're investing, um, they're going to look back in, in 20 years at the person making two hundred grand, three hundred grand, five hundred thousand dollars a year that was living paycheck to paycheck and blowing all their money and paying everybody else first, and they're going to smile. Maybe not. Maybe they're nice people, so maybe they wouldn't be smiling. Uh, but they're going to look back and have a, a net worth far surpassing that individual. So lifestyle creep is real. I struggle with this. When you start increasing your income and you realize that you have some extra money to spend and you think about the things that you've wanted your quote-unquote whole life, um, it's very easy just to go out and buy that, especially if you have cash, especially if you don't even have to put it on a credit card. Um, But that's not always the right way to go about using your money. Um, I love what Dave Ramsey said about um, money and that there's three things that you can do with it. Um, You can save it. You can spend it and you can give it, okay? And save, I kind of couple that with invest. Um, so you can save it, you can spend it, you can give it. You'd be smart to do all three of those things because if you leave one out, you're going to feel something's It's going to be off balance. So if you're not saving, you're going to look back and have nothing. If you're not spending, you're going to get burnt out because you're not enjoying any of the hard work that you're putting in. If you're not giving, you're never going to have that um, self-satisfaction of helping other people with the good fortune and, and uh, the resources that you have. Um, so make sure that you're doing all three. Um, so that is all. We almost went 30 minutes exactly. Um, that's all that I have for us today. Um, again, uh, the kind of the the center for everything that we do here at Millennial Economics is the website and the newsletter. Um, the website is www.millennialecon.com, www.millennialecon.com. At the bottom of the homepage, you can sign up with your email address for the newsletter. Um, if you are a beginner and you're looking for an easy way to invest, I would highly encourage you to check out Acorns. Um, my link will be in the description below, which will allow you to get $5 automatically deposited into your account. Um, But that's all that we have. Um, Until next time, I hope you guys have a great day.